Your Roots in Black Spirituality is a podcast series hosted by myself, Aziza Wonder, where I get to interview different Black queers of faith on their personal experiences of holding all the parts of their identity and what it looks like for them to learn to make more space for themselves in a world that tries to make them small. These conversations are honest, vulnerable, funny, and it is my hope that you would not only find yourself in them, but that you would be inspired. Enjoy. Hello, everyone, and welcome to an episode of Queer Roots, Black Spirituality. I am your host, Aziza, and I have a really, really cool uh, friend and poet artist um, (laughs) here with me today. Um, Please feel free to introduce yourself. Hi, everyone. My name is True, a true poet, true for short. Um, yeah, and I'm excited to be here, excited to to have a dope conversation. Yeah, I, yeah I'm i so excited you said yes um, and that this, like, was able to work out. Um, would you um, just go ahead, and, go ahead and tell us your pronouns? Yeah, absolutely. And also your... Um, your zodiac placements, please. <laughs> yeah, for sure. So uh, my pronouns are he, she, they. I'm pretty open. I'm non-binary, not mm-hmm. before. Um, and my zodiac signs are I'm a, a triple Scorpio, actually. True. Like Scorpio, Scorpio, Scorpio moon. True. I yeah, literally am going to fun. throw myself onto the floor. You're a triple Scorpio. Yeah, wow. it's not fun. I know. <laughs> and I'm dating a Leo, which is like the worst thing we could do. It's, <laughs> it's, it's tough. But you know what I mean? Um, it's it it makes me I'm very profound in everything that I do. So I feel like I I just mm. think I think a lot and make sure everything has a lot of intention and passion behind mm. it. So, you know, I've recently mm. read if you move it with integrity, you know, like everything's always going to pan out. So I, wow. You know what though? That makes so like, that is very much a defining um, trait of yours is your passion. And um, you are a very full person in the ways that you speak and the ways that you um, just exist. Being, being in a room with you is like, like your, your, um, your like presence is felt and it's so nice too that you're like just a warm and attentive person because I feel like that kind of almost that kind of like power can be so intimidating um but you are just so just so tender that it's like not scary you know like it could have been scary but then you're like so great to be around that it's like no no, that's so adorable. I'm so glad that that's how you feel and that's like what you get off of me because I I definitely try my best to um to just make sure everyone's comfortable. I I, I feel like mm-hmm. you, uh, being especially being like a young black queer boy like we grew up having to take care of people and like 
that mentality kind of just sticks with you of just like, you know, just spread, spread love, spread happiness, mm. everything light, try to keep moving. You know, sometimes it's toxic because you're brushing things under the rug and you're being passive and you're, you know, confronting your issues. But there, I'm glad that the warm energy is still there. You know, I, I appreciate that. Right. Right. You feel, so you grew up, um, being a caretaker, kind of embodying that in your, in your spaces? Yeah, for sure. I definitely, like, at a young age, I feel like we kind of understood that, like, everyone helps everyone out. Like, I never grew up in a home. Mm. Like, there were many people in my house. So it was kind of just, like, everyone's here. Wait, how many people? There was a lot of people. So it, it, it varied in oh, okay. time. But we all lived at my grandma's house. Um, and she has 14 children. <laughs> so mm. they all... Yeah. So most of them have come from Cuba to live here. And mm -hmm. that's their first stop. They always live with my grandma. And that just takes up a lot of space. People were on couches. People, three people were on bed, on one bed, you know. It was like yeah. camp for room. But we all just kind of worked together to like survive. Unfortunately, there was a lot of cons to growing up in that type of housing arrangement, I guess you would call mm -hmm. it. Um, just because, you know, there were people around um, that were like always around and were around in uh, the quiet times and the dark times and uh. you know, things, things would happen. I, I, I will, I, I never want to blame my family for what I, like I've, I've trigger warning <laughs> uh, sexual assault. You know, I am a victim of sexual assault from one of my uncles and, you know, he lived with us. So, uh. and, and that was always like, it was easy. It was, I was very accessible to him. You know what I mean? Uh, and, and that type of arrangement, I also didn't feel like I could speak up. So I spent a lot of time kind of just going through this trauma because of the arrangement of where I was living and my family and values and traditions and religion, and, you know, all of these things that just kind of played a big factor in my upbringing and that trauma that I'm trying to unlearn now as an adult. Yeah. 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 That, yeah. Thank you for sharing that. I, I have so many questions. Tell me a little more about your like cultural religious background. Cause I feel like for, for what you're, um, yeah. All right. So, um, I grew up, uh, a Jehovah's witness. My mm -hmm. family was Jehovah's witness. So they come from, you know, well, I grew up mainly around my mother's side of the family and she's Cuban. Um, and my grandfather and my grandmother were Jehovah's witness. And that was a huge part of their lives. Like to this day, you know what I mean? So uh -huh. that was something that I <clears throat> was kind of bred into <laughs> in a way. So I, you know, took the steps. I, believed it you know i was a jehovah's witness through and through growing up and all of my life expectations yeah. were as a jehovah's witness you know what i mean but mm -hmm. of course i <laughs> i grew up a little queer kid so yeah <laughs> that wasn't always the best situation for me i guess i would say right when did um 
when did you start having conversations about being queer, like with yourself? With myself, it was a little tough. Um, I was, to be honest. So when I was um, eight, I was in fourth grade. And I remember um, I was going to church, obviously. um, And I had just began like going through my trauma and getting raped by my uncle. And at that time, um, it made it really weird for me because I knew that I was different, but Uh now this trauma was happening. So, and it felt so wrong. So it just made me feel like I was wrong. And like my upbringing, my culture, my family, everyone told me like a man and a man is wrong. And it just felt wrong when, when my uncle was doing it. So to me, it made it really tough for me. So I kind of suppressed all of those feelings for a really long time. And I remember getting baptized and as a Jehovah's Witness, like you have to go through tests in a way uh-huh. <laughs> to get baptized. And it's like a three month long like course that you wow. take. Yeah. And as I remember as an eight year old, I told my mom, like, I'm ready to do it. And to me, it was because I wanted that protection from God to like take care of me like at that point I felt like that's what was missing and I was and I was being too I was too easily like susceptible to like the devil you know what I mean because of course Mm. they raise you with these like scary stories of like the devil's gonna catch you if you're not doing the right thing God's not gonna be merciful if you sin so it's kind of just like you have to do everything to feel protected. And at the time I did not feel protected. So right. I, I got baptized thinking that would like help. And yeah. sad to say it didn't help, but um, I'm, I'm glad I took that leap at such a young age. Cause it made me realize that this isn't God, you know what I mean? Like, or at least mm. not my God, like this isn't what I believe in that, you know, I'm being punished for something when I'm trying so hard to like be good. And the way I was being punished just felt like it was too much of a punishment for nothing. You know, it's like, what is that? You know what I mean? And that was like, it was so sad that at that young age, that's how I was like rationalizing it was through religion instead of like through my own feelings and validating what that was. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah, that's huge. That's huge. Yeah, I feel like there, there's just so much to be said about, um, like, spiritual disappointments. Um, and, like, putting so much of your... Because I've had experiences like that, too, where it's just, like, you're putting all of your eggs into, like, this one thing. Yeah. And it's, like, it's like, all right, <laughs> I need you to show up for me. Um, and when and when it doesn't and when it doesn't unfold in the way that you like were just like hoping for, it is heartbreaking. Yeah, it really is. And the crazy part is my spirituality now as an adult, and you know the the my beliefs now are so much more of a testament to that. To like, don't put all your eggs in one basket. You mm. know what I mean? Like mm. you have to. You have, like shit's gonna work out how it's gonna work out and it's it's kind of up to you to react to it and deal with it in a way that's you know beneficial to your life 
It's not just yeah. expe- expecting someone to bail you out in a way. You know yeah. what I mean? Because yeah. a lot, of, a lot of people use God as a scapegoat of being like, you know, well, I'm gonna pray and repent for my sins. But it's like, are are you learning anything, or are you just like begging for forgiveness constantly? Because that's mm. not. I don't think that's that's also the way to look at it. But like, I feel like my belief system now is like, what the fuck did you learn from your lesson? You know what I mean? Like, what yeah. was it? Yeah. What would what would you can you paint a picture of what your spirituality like looks like now? Yeah. So um I identify as a witch. Um Okay. In most regards of the word, um, I'm definitely more of an eclectic witch and my practices are kind of they're I started off as in a, a gardenarian witch and after a few times of like trial and error, I just kind of realized that that idea of a witch wasn't exactly what I wanted. Um, so can you say the though, differences? So an Alexandrian, uh, it's Alexandrian gardenarian, which is, they have, you know, kind of more of a rule book, I guess you would say, or like certain processes you have to take, um, to become a witch and, to practice or um, they also have a lot of more expectations as far as covens. So I've kind of taken more of the modern witch approach. Um, And Mm. most, most of my learnings are literally like books called like uh, the, uh, the day of a modern witch or a guide to being a modern witch, because I feel like that's kind of a blend of everything that I feel like I need. So I definitely do enjoy um, you know, having my rituals, but I don't want them to feel so ancient. <laughs> I don't know if that makes sense. Yeah. I, I wanted to kind of have to be personal and intimate to me. Um, and my spirituality comes a lot with the intention. You know what I mean? It's about what I want, mm-hmm. what I want to bring into the world instead of like following rules. Cause I don't feel like following rules really helps anyone. It's more of like you you setting expectations for yourself instead of expectations for a religion or expectations for life. Just like, yeah. what, what do you think you need to be putting out into the world? What do you right. feel comfortable putting out into the world? Like, right. what doesn't hurt you? You know what I mean? And like, right. at the end of the day, that's what matters. Like, take care of yourself and make sure you're not bending over backwards, creating a different version of yourself mm. for a religion. You know what I mean? I'm curious what, like, what was that transition like? You know, for you to go from, I'm a Jehovah Witness. <laughs> I'm doing this three-month three month course. So I'm going to get baptized. I'm, like, dedicated to, to the process. To now, as an adult, being like, actually, my faith is a lot more intuitive. And yeah. it's more intention-based. Like, what was, how, how did that look like? Um, it was definitely tough, I guess, to say the least. It was a lot of silent nights reading, you know, literature uh, that was, like, you know, prohibited in my home. <laughs> like, mm. if my mom would have even seen that book growing up. But I went through a phase. Um, I wouldn't even call it a phase. I just feel like I went through a time in my life where um, I got... Uh, it's called disfellowship from being a Jehovah's Witness. So it's kind of like getting kicked out. <laughs> In a very weird way. Um, yeah. You're shunned. You're set aside. You know, like the rest of the congregation can't speak to you. 
Uh, you can one day become a Jehovah's Witness again and get reinstated, but you had to like jump through these hoops and hurdles to do so. And um, when I was mm. 13, 13, yeah, 13, I was in eighth grade. Um, I started getting in trouble <laughs> in the eyes mm-hmm. of like the Jehovah's Witness church. Um, yeah. And it, it was like a two year process of me getting a different disciplinary actions for the way I was acting, which was, you know, just being myself um, for the things I was, was doing. Uh, there was people that went to my church that also went to my school and they would run back and like snitch on me in a way. It was very uh, strange. It felt very yeah. culty, very, very culty. And yeah. that was just such a weird thing for me. Um, but around when I was 15, I kind of just like gave up. I was like, oh, I'm not dealing with this. Like I had a, a friend of mine or someone who I thought was a friend. Um, she kind of like, so she sent screenshots of my Facebook that was like private to like the church. Um, and then, yeah, it was like a huge invasion of just like privacy. It was like crazy. I, I, it was just too much. And, um, you know, they had, uh, something called a committee, which is three elders, which was very weird. There was three old white men, um, that kind of sat there and questioned me on my Facebook and my statuses. And, um, it got to the, to like, well, are you gay? And I'm like, yeah, I've had, you know, it it was so weird speaking about it in a religious manner. It was like, I Mm -hmm. have homosexual tendencies. It was just weird. Right, Um, right. And having to even explain or like break that down when I didn't even understand it to like a a room full of people. like Who were there to judge you? Literally, it just, it was like, what is the point of this? What are we getting to? So at the end of that, I just kind of like shut down. I was like, I'm not answering these questions and I don't feel comfortable answering these questions. And my parents were there and, you know, they were like so disappointed that I was like not cooperating. And they were like, so what do you want to do? And I was like, how do I get out of this? (laughs) Like, I don't want to deal with this anymore. And they're like, well, we're going to have to disfellowship you if that's what you want. And I was like, yeah, no, 100% sign me up like I'm done wow and yeah I to my family I became rebellious at that point which is Mm -hmm. fine by me um but at that point I really like yeah I broke free from like that like I could have been trapped in that for so much longer and I have family members now that have been trapped in it for so long that are like going through what I went through when I was 13 14 15 so I'm like Y'all yeah. could have gotten out back then, but it's just, it's a testament to like the brainwashing that they put you through. You know what I mean? And like you, it's conditioning. And like my sister's gone through it. My cousin's gone mm-hmm. through it. They've mm-hmm. all gotten disfellowshipped. My mother and my father are now like inactive members, which again makes it sound so culty because like, how is this spirituality? Yeah. Like, why do you have to be active or inactive? Like, can't you just like, praise your God or believe your, you know, whatever your yeah. belief system is just to yourself. Like it doesn't require all of this extra, you know, torture in a way. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So it was, yeah. what was your, what was happening with like, um, 
you and your parents at the time? Like, what was that dynamic like? Um, it was tough. You know what I mean? To them, they really were disappointed and didn't understand how, um, to them, I was making a decision. I was, um, okay. you know, deciding mm-hmm. to be queer and deciding yeah. to like leave this religion that has been in my family for so long. Right. Um, and my grandpa, you know what I mean? Like back in Cuba, he had gotten arrested and, you know, been in, put in jail for believing his religion because the whole government system back then wasn't, you know, it was a dictatorship. So it was against Jehovah's yeah. Witness beliefs and they would arrest them. You know what I mean? So in my family, it's just, it's held so highly. So yeah. the fact that I was the first one to really just like kind of, you know, just let go of all of that was right. was tough for them. But yeah. it was also tough for me in a way. Like I... Absolutely. I, at that point, it like, I feel like I broke, if that makes sense. Like mm-hmm. I, I, w- I was in mental hospitals at the time. I was suicidal. Um, so it was just really tough for me to just like, because I had expected and set my life up as a Jehovah's Witness for the last 15 years of my life. You know what I mean? Right, my whole life. Right was just like, this is what I'm going to do. I didn't even think I was going to go to college. Like that wasn't even like a path that I was, that was an option for me. It was like, I'm going to become a Bethelite, which is like another ranking in like the church. You know what I mean? So like Mm. my life was, was paced out based on like my religion at the time. So the fact that I had lost all of that, I was like, what am I doing? And at that point I felt like everything I was doing was wrong because that's, what everyone was telling me. So I, I just got rebellious and it was to my own detriment and my parents, you know, we had a tough relationship. It was a really long strain um, that took some time to like readjust and have to like find (laughs) some sort of a relationship again. Um, I left the house when I was 16. So Mm. I didn't, it wasn't, I didn't feel welcomed at home at a young age, but you know, now with time I'm 22. So it's, it's taken a couple of years, but my parents' mindset has changed. You know what I mean? I, my yeah. mindset has changed as well. I'm, yeah. I don't hold on to those things and neither do they, which is beautiful. Mm-hmm. And I'm so right. glad that we have that relationship now um, because they've seen themselves and have been a victim to like the religion's, intolerance and their bigotry Mm. so now they kind of understand like oh you know what i mean like i can't believe i made my 15 year old child feel like this even at home you know what i mean they're like i i shouldn't have done that and that's something like i i can't be bitter at that point (laughs) you know what i mean i'm like thank you i'm glad you're realizing that and that's not something i'm gonna hold on to right I find, though, and I don't know if this is the story, but I find, though, that, like, with big things, um, big, big moments of, of like, reconcile, by the time the other person apologizes, you've already done the work. Yeah. For you them. know, they come you've in and they apologize, and you're like, that's nice. But <laughs> <laughs> you're like, I appreciate the sentiment, but right, I'm good. But, like, I'm I good. had to... I forgave you like a couple years ago at this point because I had to because the feeling in my body was unsustainable. Yeah, like, I ha- I had to move on from myself at that point. Right, right. That is just so. That's such a layered situation because I'm just like imagining like 
yes, this is like, this is, these are your roots and it's not even just your roots. It's, it's, it's the branches, it's the leaves, mm-hmm. right? You've like, you've let this, this, um, this space completely encompass you and to like walk away from that. And now you're having this like existential and like identity crisis. Who am I? What does anything mean? <laughs> and then your parents are like the betrayal, you know, yeah. and, and now you're taking that on and it, that's just, and, and then to just be at any point of your life to go through that is just like immense, but like to be 15, you know, with like the hormones that are happening in the body, just Ugh. like biologically at the time, it's just like, there's it's crazy. so much happening. Yeah. And it's, like, it's was, I'm sorry, go ahead. Yeah. I was going to ask, well, where was your relief? Like where, where were the, like, what did it look like finding relief in those moments? Um, that's to to be honest um how do i explain so i feel like my teenage years even up to like 19 i was like a balloon that was just getting blown up and Mm. i never knew when i was gonna pop it was Mm. just like always getting blown up and now this past like year especially through quarantine especially through like the the unlearning that i've decided to take on I have felt mm. the slow release of like this, that balloon just slowly just letting go. Wow. Wow. And um it's it's so sad because a lot of the things affect me so much now from back then and and I when I can notice it, when I can like put two and two together, it bothers me cuz I'm like, are you kidding me? I'm like, if I really letting something from 15 year like old me affect me right now something that i suppressed and held down back then mm. is now an issue for me so right. i'm still like learning how to release all of that and it's right. it's it's frustrating but it's also like liberating which i yeah. enjoy because i now i'm learning how i function and right. i'm i'm learning how to back away from things that weren't healthy like back then i never coped with anything properly you know what i mean i was always mm. trying to find an escape that was like detrimental to me um mm. i was so big on like self sabotage and i didn't know back then that that was my own like depression and anxiety kind of just right. like eating me alive right right but I was just, everything I did was just to my own detriment. Um, I was quote unquote, like an at-risk youth um, because of like everything that I went through. Um, Mm -hmm. And it was just like, I was getting in trouble with the law, getting in trouble with my parents. Like I was sneaking out, stealing my parents' car. And it was never, it, it was never like, there was no rhyme or reason to what I did back then. But now as an adult, I understand, like, I was just trying to deal with stuff. Like, I was just trying to escape my own, like, reality that was those four walls that was my house. You know what I mean? And cry for help, too. Yeah. Right? It's like like, you're young. That is is so much on a a young child's shoulders. Like, what do you do with that? Even now, if something like that were to happen, it's like, what do we do? (laughs) Yeah, it's like... I, it's like someone looked at me, you know what I mean? Like, right. I, I need, 
you like it felt like everyone was piling on top of me and I was like I need you guys all to like let go or I'm just gonna get right. worse and worse and worse and right. I didn't care it got to the point where I just stopped caring um but again right. when I removed myself from that situation at 16 I learned mm. a lot about myself you know what I mean it, it, yeah. I, I struggled a lot and <laughs> that was the best part of it um which is crazy but every time that I struggle I come out so much better and I learn yes. something, you know what I mean? Um, from like times that I've been homeless living in my car to like just being happy in those moments was so weird for me. But I was also like sad in those moments, but I was grateful for all of those moments. And like mm. a lot of people, you know, don't want to like acknowledge those moments when they're right. like shit out of luck you know what I mean like right, you gotta right. acknowledge those moments and laugh in those moments if you have to cry in them if you have to you know what I mean and I haven't I didn't start letting myself do that until again I removed myself from the situation and right my feelings and who I was didn't depend on like how my family felt about me and what mm. they expected of me it was more of like again what did I expect of myself Wow. That is profound. Like, I, like, actually just, like, I feel so, like, I'm getting just even more so a glimpse into, into the power that you withhold as a person because that is, the, the, to have that mentality, um, and not even just the mentality, but the, but the conviction and the in the in the movement to like act that out, you know, to like <laughs> be be true to to those values, just blow my mind. Like I am, yeah, I have so much so much respect for that. Thank you so thank you so much. And I and yeah. listen, you're another person who I think is so thoughtful and so yeah. intricate and just delicate with your mind. And it's mm. beautiful. It's it's beautiful to see, and I love that you allow people to kind of be a part of that growth. You know what Thank I mean? Because we need that. We need mm. to see that because that validates our like us. You know what I mean? Right. And I know right. a lot of people don't like a lot of people like kind of don't put that much value in that representation. But like we need that. You know, like mm. people's minds work in such different intricate ways. Yeah. And when people find a way to make it work right, and it's mm. kind of like you see that healing, you see that growth, you see the change. It's beautiful. Mm. It's really beautiful to see. Thank you. Yeah, I. Yeah, it's letting people see you is really hard. Um, and yeah, I really appreciate you saying that. Um, I feel like that is definitely a. Um, a common theme within both of our stories. Um, the, cause I really resonate with, with your heart. And I really resonate with, um, with the parts of your story that are like, I really love people. <laughs> um, and I'm really, I'm really, um, committed to taking, care of people but also 
the way I feel when I'm not honoring my truth is disruptive and mm. and not honoring my truth is not an option. It feels like them or me. Um, and even from my conversations with you, like outside of this, it feels very much like you are like the way your empathy operates. It feels that you, you feel the room and that you are connected to people that you speak to. Like it just like that's my impression of you is that the way that you the way that you like um are in relationships it's it has a lot of depth and and so I'm just like imagining like um just like how uh just like the conflict of of having to choose um between between what it feels like yes, it's them, but it feels like me uh, but also then there's me um and, and that just like all leads me up to like, um, like, how do you balance that? Like, how do you balance, um, just like honoring all parts of your identity, especially within the context of like caring for your people? Yeah, no, um, I've learned that transparency is a give and take type of scenario um especially mm-hmm. when it comes with relationships i c- cannot allow you i can't fully be vulnerable if you you can't be vulnerable you know what i mean yeah so i'm only gonna be especially as like on an empath level i'm only gonna be as guarded as you are i'm only mm. gonna provide and and you know care for you as much as you're gonna care for me and that was that's again on a health level. That's just for my own sake. Cause I spent a lot of time in relationships where I was bending over backwards for other people um, mm. and just spreading myself too thin because I didn't want to focus on myself. You know what I mean? And yeah, I have to hold myself accountable in those relationships to like even to like just let go. You know what I mean? If you're not going right. to be able to give me the same vulnerability, I can't give it to you because it's going to hurt me in the end. Mm. So I have to let go of that. And like, even with my parents and those relationships that I have now, there comes levels where I'm like, you know, I like, we can't really be transparent. So I'm not going to put that much effort into that type of conversation, you know? And I have family members that, are transparent with me and they like have conversations of like kind of like realization now that they're like, Oh, you know, this is what I was going through. And me, my sister and my cousin, you know, we were both, we were all raised in the same religion and we have such a closer bond now that we're all out of the religion because we have all had, and it's that shared trauma that kind of connects us, you know what I mean? But it allows us to be transparent because we know each other's lows because we've been there and they're very yeah. similar, but we also know each other's highs and we also know each other's strengths and weaknesses. So we just right. push each other so much to do great things, but we also hear each other out. One thing I love about my relationship with my sister now is the validation I feel having a conversation with her, which is wild because our relationship growing up, you know, I didn't have that validation with her. When I came out of the closet, you know, she told me like, you're not my brother anymore. So like for us to now have that relationship to where I can tell her like, this is how I feel. And she's like, wow, 
I'm so sorry to hear that. Like, what, what can I do? How can I show up for you? Like to have that right. relationship right. now is so rewarding. And um, it's unfortunately due to that shared trauma. You know what I mean? That like mm. she was going through her own things back then. And to yeah. her, she didn't care about people. She was worried about herself and right. focusing on like keeping it together. And my sister, you know, started having anxiety attacks and, you know, manic episodes growing up later into her adult life. And I feel like it's it, a lot of that has to do with our, you know, religion, how we grew up, our family, our people, and like what our traditions, our values. And it's mm-hmm. letting go of that that my sister's doing now. And it's it's beautiful to see her grow. You know what I mean? And that she allows me to see that. She doesn't show right. everyone. So it's very beautiful to see her, like, allow me to be a part of that. And just, she validates me. She asks me for advice, which is something that I'm like, you want to talk to me. Like, you care about what I think, even if I am gay, even if I, you know, right. did do all these crazy messed up things when I was young. You know what I mean? Her validating right. that now is just like, I'm giving you, I'll give you everything. You know what I mean? In our relationship. But if you're holding back, if you're not giving that same vulnerability, if you're not allowing yourself to be, I don't need you to be tolerant of me. You know what I mean? I don't need family members to be tolerant of me. Like I need you to accept me and, and know that this, this is it. It's like, you don't need to tolerate it. This is going to be here, whether you like it or not. You know what I mean? Yeah. I, I know exactly what you mean. And it's, and I feel like, um, cause wow, I, I've had a similar situation within my own, uh, community, um, not too long ago where I experienced a lot of like, a lot of backlash and a lot of like name slandering and, um, just like community, community, like separation. Um, Mm -hmm. and after that experience, I remember being like, like while all that was happening, it like, I remember just having a point of just being like, you know what? I'm about to be a hundred percent honest with everyone who comes into my life about who I am Mm. all the time, because I need to know if you are not going to accept me as I am, I need to know that early. Because the way that I operate is that I will invest in you. I will invest mm-hmm. in whoever mm-hmm. is around me. Um, I, I do it. It's instinctive. And so now I'm like, okay, so my boundaries are here is my full-blown honesty all the time. And if you can't handle it, let me know now. You know, and, and I really hear that too in the way that you speak about just like um, there's, no, there's no tolerating. It, there has to be like there has to, I want passion yeah you know? yeah more, more I need than, you to I need you to I need love you to me want me I want I won't need you to love me I need you to like adore me right like yes. there has to be like this excitement um in our relationship together otherwise I don't want it <laughs> like, and it's and it's because that's how I feel about you you know what I mean like right I, right I see the God in you. But you right. also need to see the God in me. Like, I'm right, sorry. Right, I'm not right. going to let you think that you're more godly than I am. Because right. we are all, like, I just see, I see light and I see gods and I see, like, love right. and passion in all of us. But right. I don't see why we can't just share that. You know what I mean? Right. Why can't we just all bask in that glory of, like, just 
praise for each other. You know what I mean? Right. Right. Doing that. It's like, I'm going to be soft to you. Be soft to me. Let's like grow that together and like um, encourage that in, in the spaces that we walk, like when we're walking away from each other and going elsewhere, let's just like continue to like spread um, Mm -hmm. and and spread that, like that purity that like childlike um, Mm. just like warmth. It's funny because a lot of people that like, you know, didn't have that childhood have it now you know what i mean they have that childlike mm. love they have that like desire right. of like let's all just be happy let's all just right. take care of each other you know what i mean because when you're right. a child that's all right. you know is just like we love each other right. oh my god love you know what i mean yeah yeah how um how does that fit into openness and how does that feel like like to a world that can be not that way you know and actually can like resist um resist that kind of tenderness because i think that we you know things that we aren't familiar with or things that we like um don't understand we can give a lot of pushback to um like have you have you felt that within like the way that you try to uphold yourself in the world and do you find yeah. that it's more welcomed or yeah no um i would say i find in different <laughs> areas and spaces it's it's kind of taken in such different ways um like right now i work as a behavioral therapist with children in the school district and um mm-hmm. i see kids every every day that have really gone through some extensive extensive trauma and the biggest thing they've lacked in their life is just like love and people who like move with love and think with love and you Mm. know they're all about just yeah here is an abundance of joy and love and i'm gonna give it to you whether you like it or not um and Mm -hmm. it's funny when you see it work when you see them accept it but you definitely do get the backlash you know what i mean like Mm. even as being a queer person in those spaces um is tough because there's always a sense of like they're not gonna accept me anyways you know what i mean Mm. i'm queer yeah so like i shouldn't move with love in this Mm. space you know what i mean it's easy to fall back into that but right. in those spaces is when you do need to move with love because it will yeah. be paid. It will be paid back to you. You know what I mean? Right. So, right. and I've, and I've seen that I've built relationships with, you know, the students that I work with. Um, I've also, you know, I've gotten attacked by one of my students. So I've seen it not work. I've seen them not be able to embrace that. And at mm. some point it's to a level of the way that they function just doesn't allow it. You know what I mean? Like they just mm. cannot, they, they they cannot accept it. Their mentality, their perspective just doesn't give them the option to. And mm. at that point, you can't exhaust your yourself trying to mm. love. You know what I mean? Right. You still move with love, you move with light, but you can't exhaust yourself in those situations because mm. like I said, that person isn't vulnerable enough to move with love together. You know mm. what I mean? They yeah. can't. 
And, and it's, it's in different levels. It could be a 40-year-old, 50-year-old person, or it could be, you know, a 10-year-old, a 12-year-old. It's, it's all about your life experiences that allow you to move with that love, you know what I mean? And allow you to mm. move with that perspective and that mentality. Mm. Well, as far as, I'm just going to go ahead and ask um, this last question. Um, with, if, imagine someone's listening and they have a similar story um, of just like heartache and um, just like conflict with community and are trying to to move in a way and to make space for their life in a way uh, where all of their identities are on the table. Um, what would you say? What would you say to, what kind of advice would you give to a baby queer just trying to make sense of the world, just trying to be, trying to be themselves? Um, the main thing I would tell them is it's worth it. Mm-hmm. Every part of you being yourself and you existing and you loving what you are is worth it. Mm. Every ounce of sacrifice and pain and trauma that you go through is it, it's going to be worth it at some point. You know what I mm. mean? Mm-hmm. It's, it doesn't mean that you had to go through it. It doesn't mean that it was part of your destiny or your fate or any of that. But it does mean that something good is going to come out of it. Mm. And you are going to learn how to work with it and, you know, kind of do better and, and, and show the best side of yourself with that trauma. Yeah. That's yeah. what's going to allow you to do that. Mm. And it's, it's sad that, it, that that's what happens, but, you know, you can always get stuck in that trauma and it's going to hurt you, you know, validate it, let it happen. Like let life happen to you, but mm. just know that it's worth it, whatever you're going through, you know what yeah. I mean? Yeah. And it's worth the work because it's, it's for you. It's for your yeah. own future, your own good. And there's nothing like loving yourself. Oh my God. There's nothing about just being happy and enjoying yeah. your own presence and existence uh, and validating yourself. Nothing like, like it. Nothing no, like it. No one can stop you. <laughs> like, it's crazy. Like, once you love yourself and validate yourself, right. you don't need anything from anyone. And then right. you can move with and, and give whatever you have to give and you know that it's good you know what i mean right. so right stick to your guns baby queers we're changing the world <laughs> oh worry. my goodness yes we are ah ah true what a what an honor to hear you and to hear to hear everything you have said and to have just been under your voice today thank you so much no thank you this was an amazing experience i it's it was worth it. It was such a beautiful conversation. I got to learn so much about how you think, about how I think, learn more about myself yeah. and be able to vocalize things that I maybe couldn't have vocalized, you know, yesterday. So thank you. Mm. Oh. oh, my goodness. Oh. I'm just like, <laughs> just so many feelings. I'm just going to be sitting in this for the rest of the day. Um, and to anyone who's listening, thank you for listening. Um, I hope that you have been able to find a piece of yourself and true story and that you are just, that you're keeping it moving and that life is, life is being good to you. Um, and that you would hold on till it's not, or if it's not, <laughs> <laughs> uh, 
Till it's not, it probably won't be. That's the thing. Things fluctuate all the time. Yeah, you know, it might not be. But even when it's not, keep it kicking. Even when it's not, keep it kicking. Absolutely. Um, So, yes, do you have any any goodbyes? Yeah, no. Thank you guys for listening. I really appreciate, you know, if if you got to the end, I talk a lot. And it was just fun (laughs) to be able to talk. I really appreciate, you know, that you guys were able to show up for me and just give hold some space for me. So thank you. Ah, yes. All right, everyone. Goodbye till next time. (laughs) Bye-bye. Thank you for listening to an episode of Queer Roots and Black Spirituality. It has been a pleasure to have you here listening in, sharing in this space with us. Be gay, be well. Until next time. This podcast was made possible in part by a grant from the Southern Equality Fund. Special thanks to all of those who shared their stories with us and the team who made this podcast possible, including Aziza Wonder, Troy Aragon Buchanan, Allison Corin, Michael Yerrick, Ty Sullivan, Sarah Taylor, and Derek Scott III.